Hey guys, welcome to Sports and Spouses. This is a weekly podcast hosted by me, Billy, and my wife, Melanie. Say hi, Melanie. Hey. Our podcast discusses the biggest stories in sports through the lens of the average American sports-loving married couple. I am here to provide the perspective of someone who definitely understands and enjoys watching sports, but maybe not always up on the latest breaking news, all the intricacies. Half the time I can't remember who won what championship or World Series the year before, but I love sports. Yep, and I love that she loves sports. So this perspective that she brings introduces a fun and interesting dynamic. So be sure to smash that subscribe button. Follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram. And please tell your friends about us. So thanks for joining us. Okay, welcome to the show. This is Sports and Spouses. And today is St. Patrick's Day. We are wearing our green. I was. <laughs> you were wearing Not. your green. Ian's wearing his green. Yeah, little Ian is wearing his green. But today <laughs> is St. Patrick's Day, March 17th. Um, we record on Sundays, so if you're listening this to this on Tuesday, then today is not St. Patrick's Day. Um, <laughs> but when we recorded this, it was St. Patrick's Day. Um, so don't let anyone pinch you on Tuesday. <laughs> Or don't pinch anybody on Tuesday and try to tell them it's St. Patrick's Day because that's a recipe for disaster. Um, but uh, we're going to be talking about the week of Sunday, March 10th through Sunday, March 17th. And there's a lot going on. A lot of stuff happened this past week. Um, so we're going to talk a little March Madness. Uh, the brackets came out today. We're going to talk... Uh, Tyreek Hill, that's a really disappointing, kind of sad story. Uh, we're going to talk NFL free agency. We're going to talk some new baseball rules that go into effect this year and next year. Uh, then we're going to do some pickums. We're going to talk Johnny Manziel. We're going to talk uh, some famous athletes, most famous athletes in the world. Got a lot of stuff to cover. So just going to dive right in. So our top story of the week, Matt. Well, not match madness, March madness. Uh, so the brackets came out today. Um, so what hit me uh, most uh, was the some seating, some seating things I saw. Uh, mostly, I found it super interesting that um, Mississippi State and Auburn were both five seeds given that Auburn won the SEC tournament and Mississippi State lost in the quarterfinals by 13 points. So do you think it's fair for Auburn in particular that Mississippi State was given the same seeding as Auburn? No. (laughs) Flat out. (laughs) Simple as that. Well... I don't either. (laughs) I don't remember much about Mississippi State's schedule, though. Um, How far did they make it? I mean, they lost in the quarterfinals of the SEC tournament. Um, Auburn won the SEC tournament. But in the tournament, 
Auburn was a five seed. Mississippi State was a six seed. Hmm. So they were pretty close conference-wise, but I feel like Auburn should have been rewarded. For winning. Yeah, maybe not above a five seed, but there should have been a difference from, you know, someone who lost right. by 13 in the quarterfinals, and there's some clear separation between someone like Mississippi State and someone who won their tournament over Tennessee. Yeah, that's a good point. So, But that's something I, that I felt was weird. Um, but your top seeds are Duke is the number one overall seed. No surprise there. Um, Gonzaga is a top seed. I I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, I guess they kind of somewhat earned it, maybe not, because they didn't win their tournament. They lost to, what, an 11-loss St. Mary's, Mount St. Mary's team, or whatever they're called, St. Mary's something. But, yeah, just St. Mary's, not Mount St. Mary's. Yeah, 22-11 and 11, St. Mary's, who is an 11 seed. So hmm. Gonzaga lost to an 11 seed, basically. Um, and they're a one seed. So, and they're in the, you know, West Coast Conference. They play teams like San Diego, San Francisco, whoever else, Pepperdine. And so, you know, St. Mary's and BYU are really the only competition they have in that conference. And BYU doesn't really have a great basketball program. They're more of a football school. Hmm. So I just... I mean, even though they ran the table in conference and usually breeze their way through the tournament, their conference tournament, rather, I just don't feel like they earn. At this a time, one they seed. didn't win their conference? No, they lost the conference championship game hmm. to uh, St. Mary's. So I just don't feel like, like, they only lost, you know, three games, two games before their conference championship game. But I just don't feel like being in such a weak conference and just running the table it really earns them a one seed. Yeah. I mean, they their conference is so weak that their average margin of victory was like 23 points. Yeah, that's crazy. So, that's a lot. But And their, their non-conference, I think it says a lot about your conference when your non-conference schedule is way tougher than your conference schedule. And they had one decent win. They beat Tennessee, but they lost to Duke. Uh, They lost to North Carolina, who are both one seeds. So I just don't feel like Gonzaga deserves to be a one seed. But moving on, your other one seeds are North Carolina, who I feel like deserves to be a one seed. And then Virginia, who I also feel like does not deserve to be a one seed. But who else, <laughs> literally, who else are you going to put in the one seeds? You can't oh, put. I didn't think about that part. Yeah, you can't put Tennessee in a one seed because, I mean, if you put Tennessee in one, you might as well put Kentucky in a one seed too because they're basically on the same playing field. Tennessee beat Kentucky in the SEC tournament, but. Why can you put Virginia there then if they didn't win? That's the that's the argument. Put Tennessee there if they didn't win. Exactly. That's that's what I'm screaming. <laughs> so, so I just I mean Virginia, they lost twice to Duke already this season. They lost to Florida State in the quarter or semifinals of the ACC 
tournament. So I just I don't think you can trust Virginia, especially after last year, which you can't take last year's results into this year. But I just feel like they're a letdown waiting to happen. And I don't I don't feel like you can trust them in big games in big moments. So in my mind, Virginia doesn't deserve a one seed. But like I said, who else are you going to give it to? Can't give it to Tennessee. Can't give it to Kentucky because Tennessee beat Kentucky in the SEC tournament. Can't give it to who else was in there. Michigan State. I mean, Michigan State probably deserved it over Tennessee because they actually won. Over Tennessee or Virginia? Over Tennessee. Um, Michigan State won the Big Ten tournament over two-seed Michigan. So They ended up winning that game? They did. Oh. Yep. Dang. Well, I still looked at there behind by like 11. Yeah. And Michigan State, that uh, if Michigan State and Duke ended up, end up meeting in the uh, Elite Eight, I think that's going to be a good game. But anyway, those are your top four seeds. Uh, Duke, Gonzaga, Virginia, and North Carolina. So uh, looking at this bracket, are there any – matchups that really like stick out to you in what regard like like a like a like a game a game that you think hmm, that could be an upset or a game that looks really interesting to you like for me right off the bat because I don't think Mississippi State should be seated so high I think they could easily be knocked off by Liberty because there's always, every single year it seems, there's at least one uh, 12 seed that beats a 5 seed. So I feel like this year it could easily be Liberty over Mississippi State because I feel like Mississippi State is seated too high. I'll be interested to see the Auburn-New Mexico State one because that one announcer was talking about good things about New Mexico State. Yep, that's another one. So that'll be interesting. Yeah. Uh, New Mexico State won their conference tournament, uh, won the WAC. Um, they only lost four games. Uh, but Auburn, they they were a little wishy-washy this year. They beat Tennessee twice this year. Oh, really? Yeah, beat them last game of the year and beat them, you know, the final last game of the year <laughs> in the SEC tournament championship. Um, so they can play play well when needed. But they, they had some letdowns this oh, year yeah, as duh. well. <laughs> <laughs> um, also looking down through here, uh, Murray State Marquette, that's another 12-5 that could be an upset. Um, also uh, Nevada, Florida. That's a, that's I think that's gonna be a really good game. I don't know I don't know who's gonna win it because you know when you get those uh, Seven tens, eight nines, those are basically just toss-up Yeah, I was going to say the Utah State-Washington game. Yeah. Seems like it might be a good one. Yeah, yeah. Especially the way Oregon just handled Washington right. in the Pac-12 championship. I think I think that one will be interesting, too. Um, what else do we have through here? Um, yeah, oh. Apparently, Wofford's a team to watch. I don't know much about them, but I did hear from a source (laughs) 
um, that Wofford could be a Cinderella this year. So um, look out for them. Although if they do get by Seton Hall, they're going to have to play most likely Kentucky. So that would yes. be a tough matchup for them. Um, but anyway, uh, just breeze right through here. Any other matchups? I see um, Kansas State, UC Irvine. That's a 413 matchup. But uh, Kansas State, um, one of their leaders on their team, uh, Dean, I forget his last name, Dean something, um, but he he's out for the remainder of the season. So he missed their conference tournament, and he will miss this tournament as well. And he's I'm not sure if he's their leading scorer, but I know he's one of their leading scorers. So he's going to miss, so that'll be interesting to see if Kansas State can hang without him. So look out for that UC Irvine-Kansas State game. Also, Ole Miss-Oklahoma. Um, we call them Ole Piss around here in Arkansas <laughs> because Arkansas-Ole Miss is a, a bit of a rivalry. But Everything's supposedly a rivalry. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's SEC. <laughs> SEC, every sport in the Everything SEC. Everything is called yeah. a rivalry. Yeah, especially the SEC West. Everything's a rivalry, every team. But anyway, whoever gets past that is going to play Virginia, who I don't trust. So um, in my mind, uh, whoever wins that Ole Miss-Oklahoma game has a chance against Virginia and could pull off a major upset and end up in the Sweet 16. So anyway, um, we also have the NIT bracket which isn't that big of a deal. But just breezing through here, there's some some big names like Georgetown is a three seed. Um, North Carolina State, who was on the bubble for the big dance, is a two seed. Alabama, who is also on the bubble, is the one is a one seed. Um, Clemson is a two seed. Uh, Creighton is a two seed. Loyola Chicago Don't is Don't they usually make it to the tournament? They do. Loyola Chicago is the big surprise for me mm. because simply because they were in the final four last well, and Davidson's year. Davidson's made it before too. Yeah. Loyola Chicago was in the final four last year and now they're a oh, seven wow. seed in the NIT. Dang. Talk about a drop they lose off. lose a lot of people. But... Apparently they had, you know, everybody was a senior or something. I don't know. But I think that's quite a drop off and that was really interesting. Um, Indiana is a one seed. Arkansas beat Indiana. We were at that game. So, so that's when? interesting. <laughs> when was that? <laughs> one of the first games of the year. Oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but anyway, there's some, there's some pretty decent names in the NIT. Arkansas is in the NIT. They're a five seed. Um, they got to go all the way to Providence. Um, they'll probably lose that game. <laughs> But anyway, um, if you're interested in the NIT, there's some decent names in there. So uh, that's March Madness. Uh, we're going to do some some pickums uh, from the tournament uh, later on in the show. So the March Madness starts um, on Tuesday, Tuesday night, with the, the first, four, first four games. Got uh, Fairleigh Dickinson playing Prairie View A&M. Um, for the chance to play, who are they going to play? Good grief, where are they at? Oh, there they are. Oh, they play for the chance to play Gonzaga, so that'll be fun for them. 
they got to play a game just to lose a game. Um, then you got Belmont and Temple, and they're going to play for a chance to play. Why can't I find these? Oh, there they are. They're going to play for a chance to play Maryland. So they actually, that's a 6-11 matchup. So they might actually have a chance to win after they play this first four in game. Um, then North North Dakota State and North Carolina Central play for the chance to play Duke. So that's not ideal. And then Arizona State and St. John's will play for the chance to play Buffalo in a 6-11 seed matchup. So that is that could be a winnable game for, for somebody like Arizona State or St. John's. But Buffalo is a pretty good team. They only lost three games this year. So that's the first four matchups. Uh, starting Tuesday night, and then uh, and then the real games start uh, Wednesday night. So that's uh, bracketology, and the brackets are officially out. And March Madness is underway. So we're excited about it. So fill your fill your every day with basketball starting now. Moving on to our next story, um, it's a really upsetting, a little bit sad. Um, Chiefs super awesome wide receiver um, is under investigation for alleged battery involving his fiance and his three-year-old son. Um, uh, so there's a police report filed on Friday, uh, by and this story comes from the Kansas City Star and KCTV5 out of Kansas City, of course. Um, so uh, Tyree Kill's fiance, uh, Crystal Espinal, um, filed a police report, and Crystal is listed as others involved, but the, alle- the alleged incident was against the, col- the couple's three-year-old son, and apparently the incident report, uh, resulted in a broken arm so for the three-year-old son. So that, that tells me that Tyree Kill broke the kid's arm. <laughs> That's kind of a jump. I mean, look at it. I mean, it's in the early stages, though. Like, I wonder who reported it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, like that would tell a lot as to who reported it. Like if if his fiance reported it, right? Yeah, it's it's interesting, but of course we don't know. Yeah. As, so as of Friday, um, Tyree Kill had not been charged officially. Um, uh, it hasn't been. It wasn't clear when exactly the incident occurred. Um, But the Chiefs, uh, the club said that they're aware of the incident or investigation. They're in the process of gathering information and they've been in contact with the league and the local authorities. Um, So I didn't realize he had the past too. Like that's pretty bad. Yeah. He did in the past. So in 2015, um, while he was at uh, Oklahoma State, um, he pleaded guilty to a domestic assault and battery by strangulation after punching and choking his fiance, who was then eight weeks pregnant 
with their same son in 2014. So it happened in 2014. He pled guilty in 2015. So he was dismissed from Oklahoma State football team and the track and field team because, you know, he's super fast. Um, and he received three years probation after his plea. Um, as a part of his plea agreement uh, for the domestic abuse charge, uh, he attended a 52-week uh, batterer intervention course, and he was supervised for two years. So after his probation requirements, the felony conviction was dismissed in August 2018, and the charge was wiped from his records. I don't. I don't think I agree with just wiping it clean because that's he strangled a pregnant lady and mm-hmm. he punched her. Yeah, that's pretty terrible. So he went on. He so like some. I forgot. Like Alabama State or somewhere somewhere small. He went on to play for them, and he still got drafted by the Chiefs in the fifth round. So it's. Here's what I don't want to happen. I don't want this this new thing to be wiped clean after he, you know, serves his community service or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the kid has a broken arm and he's scarred for life because the 3-year-old is old enough to still remember, "Oh, I'm scared of that guy. He broke me or he hurt me." And Tyree Kill in the meantime, I just wonder what's going on because what I was asking you earlier was um, so he had they were previously called to his address on the 5th of March. Um, And it says Hill's name is directly listed on that report from the 5th. Okay. So then that report was closed three days later because they denied, you know, no one wanted to press charges. And then his name is not listed on the most recent report, but something's going on in the household. Hmm. for police to be getting called twice in the same month and this kid to be involved and have a broken arm. So I guess that's why it's taken so long to get information. Just interesting. Very sad if that's true. I would hope he would be rehabilitated, but it's hard not to think about someone's past when something domestic comes up again. Yeah. I mean, how many strikes do you get? So you can't just wipe. In the NFL, you get quite a few. Yeah. Even if so, it's punching someone's lights out and it up being on video. Right. Well, this probably wasn't on video. Right. But going back to my thought, what I don't want to happen is I don't want this kid to see that the kid has to deal with the repercussions of this guy hurt me or, you know, I'm, I'm jumping to conclusions here. But this guy hurt me, and I have to deal with it. Meanwhile, he still gets to go do live his dream and serve his little bit of you know punishment that you know slap in the wrist mm-hmm. or whatever, and then be reinstated, sort of like uh, Kareem Hunt was. Like he he sat out a year after the Chiefs cut him, and when he was reinstated to the NFL, he was immediately picked up by the by the Browns, mm-hmm. like. They didn't even think twice about it. It's right. like they just turned the other way and thought, this guy is going to lead our team in rushing. Mm-hmm. We need him. Didn't even think about, well, this guy punched and kicked and shoved right. a, you know, a woman. Didn't yeah, even it doesn't seem it. like there's really any set criteria for how they treat certain offenses. It's like right. 
you know, if you've got a team that's willing to take you and we'll just sweep it under the rug and right. even if it was really bad. So. Yeah. So I'm not sure, like I'm not the authority on this and I, and I'm, I don't envy the people who are the authority on this in the NFL, but I'm not sure if he, given his past, you know, convictions, offenses, whatever you call it, they're sort of the same. Just now it involves a three-year-old, if he actually broke the kid's arm. Yeah, that's the big question. What happened? So if this happened, I don't know if he should be allowed in the league anymore. I mean, yeah, I don't think so. if you look at Ray Rice, his was caught on video, but he decked a woman and knocked her out. Isn't he the one who drug her in? Yeah, drug her, drug her out, of the, out of the elevator. And he was basically blacklisted from the NFL. Like he was released, became a free agent, and nobody picked him up, which I thought was great. That's yeah, what I want. I mean, it's, yeah, that's set an not example. Okay, it's really not. It's, it's so, really not okay. But what I don't want to happen is for the kid to deal with this his entire life. Meanwhile, Tyreek Hill can go about his his business, get a slap on the wrist again, and keep doing what he's doing. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they find. Yeah. But anyway. Um, we'll have more updates as they roll in, but apparently the police don't even have updates. So They do. They just don't <laughs> release everything they ever discover <laughs> to every person who wants it. Well, they need to release They do us. stuff behind <laughs> closed doors. <laughs> I want the updates. I need them. I need to know. Yeah. But anyway, so NFL free agency – um, started and it has been quite a ride. It's been exciting, unpredictable, um, whatever adjective you want to use. It's been crazy to say the least. So we're just going to go through some of the most notable transactions, some of the big moves, um, and just kind of discuss them, see what we think about them. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, we'll start. Off the top of my head, I don't know. I'm just going to have to start talking. So, we'll start with Odell Beckham Jr. The Giants traded him to the Browns uh, for a first and third round pick and Jabril Peppers. So. Do we have any word on how Odell feels about that? I mean, he's, he's probably ecstatic just that he – gets to play with Jarvis Landry. It's, that was and who's Jarvis Landry? He was his uh, teammate at LSU, and they're still friends. Uh, also what a wide receiver. He, okay. So, I mean, they're still like BFFs. Sweet. So he's probably just pumped that he gets to hang out with him every day. So, and I'm sure, what, this is weird to say, but I'm sure the Browns have a better chance of winning than the Giants do. Yeah, I mean, but they don't have their stuff together, quarterback situated. Right, and Odell Beckham. Eli's done. (laughs) (laughs) I know you're an Eli fan. (laughs) Admit it, you're an Eli Uh, fan. (laughs) Except I don't like the story you told me about him, like 
<clears throat> refusing to go to the Chargers oh, or something yeah. and having his dad intervene was kind of a yeah pansy move. Yeah. I didn't know about that. Archie but put his foot down. I feel like I, I, I just have to root for him because he's something always about like the, the ownership or exec or so, some kind of leadership thing that Archie didn't like. So he didn't want his son to play for oh, the Chargers. Oh, Archie didn't want it? Yeah. I thought Eli didn't want no. to. Eli didn't know anything about the Chargers. <laughs> I thought he didn't want to play for the Chargers, no, so he no. said that. I'm pretty sure it was Archie. Archie had a problem with Chargers leadership. So he didn't want his son to play for him. So he pulled some strings. And Philip Rivers could be a lifelong giant. Because no. that was that was the that was the trade. Oh, he said he could have been. You it, said he could have been. Yeah, Philip Rivers. You said they were saying he could be. I was like, no. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was the this trade. Eli really went to New York, and Philip right. Rivers went it to San Diego. It could have changed. Yeah, that would have been crazy to think how yeah. that would have looked differently. So, but yeah, crazy. But anyway, back to NFL free agency. Anyway. Um, Antonio Brown went to the Steelers. I mean, not to the Steelers. Went from the Steelers to the Raiders. We've already talked about that. Um, Joe Flacco is a Bronco. That's interesting. That is interesting. It's kind of exciting for the Broncos. Ish. <laughs> I mean, he's good. Yeah, I feel like here's here's my thought on the thing. I feel like John Elway is trying to just like throw different quarterbacks in there until he finds John Elway. <laughs> so. Well, Joe Flacco's probably the best. I mean, they kind of they kind of look far. alike. It not had ever, but had in since Peyton Manning left. Right. The, he's probably the best option they've had. Yeah. Right. Who was there a lot before Keenum? Yeah, Case Keenum. Why they trade him? Uh, probably because he's small and can't throw that far. Hmm. And I I I get it, especially the weather, because. Like when it's cold, it's higher altitude, the ball feels heavier, you need a guy with a stronger arm when it gets like that. Hmm. I get it, I guess. Kind of makes sense. But so anyway, uh, Joe Flacco is a Bronco. Uh, Case Keenum's a Redskin now. Wasn't he a Redskin before? No. Where was he? He was a Ram, then he was a Viking, and then he was a Bronco. Oh. Yeah. I get him mixed up with someone else. Cousins. Oh, Kirk Cousins with yeah. the Reds again. Okay. Yeah. Um so uh Case Keenum is going to replace Alex Smith, who is recovering from the nastiest leg injury I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> One of them at least. Um so Deshaun Watson is not Deshaun Watson. Good grief. <laughs> Everybody's ears perked up, and I probably when I said that. Deshaun Jackson is going back to the Eagles from the Buccaneers, which I always think it's fun when people go back to their quote-unquote first love. But uh, he's back where it all started. Uh, he made a ton of plays for the Eagles back in the day. Well, not back in the day, a few years ago. Um, Michael Bennett. uh Troublemaking defensive lineman uh, is going from the Eagles to the Patriots. So he's probably chasing a ring before he retires. Uh, Ryan Tannehill is the Titan now. Yeah, what happened to What's-His-Face? Who's What's-His-Face? The Hawaiian guy. <laughs> Marcus Mariota? <laughs> yeah. He's still Is there. He no, he's still the guy, but Tannehill sucks. 
So he's going to be back up. Okay. So <laughs> the Hawaiian guy. <laughs> Tua? No. No. <laughs> Hashtag tank for Tua. That's a thing. What? Tank? Tank, tank for Tua. That's what does that mean? Half the teams in the league are doing it. Tank for, what does it mean? That means like tank. Tank. Intentionally lose a bunch of games so you can draft for Tua. Oh, okay. Got it. <laughs> Not I half, get it now. but probably five teams in the league are okay. playing to tank for Tua. That's funny. Yeah. Which I would be tanking for Trevor, but, you know, whatever. Um, anyway, uh, Jadavian Clowney is franchise tagged. Uh, this is free agency stuff. Trey Flowers uh, went from the Patriots to the Lions. Former Razorback. We're super proud of him. Guaranteed $60 million. Five years, $90 million. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. So he uh, So he won Super Bowl. Well, he, that's his second Super Bowl he's won. And then won. he gets to go play for someone else. Yep. Um, but he's going to play for his former defensive coordinator, oh, Matt Patricia. Oh, that guy. Yeah. So be that'll cool. be a good matchup. Um, Earl Thomas, former Seahawk, is now a Raven. So that's kind of a big deal. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, uh, Steelers uh, drama queen that sat out an entire year because he wanted a new contract. Okay. But I was watching Cowherd the other day. Oh, okay. <laughs> and he was all for it. He's all for this it. I'll take for, this with a grain of salt because I was half paying attention. All but for sitting out a year? He said he comes back rested. And wouldn't you want to come back rested? And if you weren't, like, whatever, fully on board. And so now he's like... You know, and ever that's what I was telling you. Like, I like how her talks about. I like more aspects, takes. but he said it's not all about the whatever fourteen million that he lost. He's never going to get back. It's not all about that. It's about he's going to come back better prepared and having been rested for a whole year and ready to go. So that's. But that's, isn't Le'Veon Bell kind of a diva too? He is a big diva. Um, so first, Le'Veon Bell is now a Jet. Uh, four years, fifty-two and a half. Well, million he said dollars. he always. Well, Coward said he always that Le'Veon Bell wanted to be a Jet. Is that true? So he actually said in a tweet or on Instagram somewhere on social media, like a year ago, while he was sitting out, he wouldn't go to the Jets for sixty million dollars, and he signed for. Uh, like $61 million. <laughs> so, <laughs> but anyway, uh, but anyway, back to your point, that sounds awesome as long as he's doing his due diligence and working out and trying to get better during that year. But if he's just hanging out, making appearances, partying, doing the occasional workout, but not actually working on his footwork, his, you know, ball handling his you know receiving skills his speed you know actually working on getting better then that sitting out for a year doesn't make him any better it makes him feel better healthy health wise and makes his muscles not hurt as bad (laughs) but like he is rested for sure but if he's not doing anything to get better as a running back then sitting out for a year doesn't help his cause at all. So hopefully he did, you know, yeah. his, his workouts, his, you know, routines, his training, what he was supposed to be doing for a year while he was sitting out trying to get more money, trying to make himself marketable. 
So, uh, moving on, uh, Chiefs offensive or outside. I'm, I don't know what I was saying. Offensive <laughs> four. Uh, Chiefs outside linebacker D Ford. Um, he was traded to the 49ers um, for a second round pick, a 2020 second round pick. Um, Nick Foles is now with the Jaguars. Four years, $88 million. Good for him. Good for him, indeed. I mean, he was Does always he have a good team around him there. They used to. <laughs> I mean, they've well, got. They could be decent with him. Yeah, they've got Leonard Fournette, and but I've heard reports that Leonard Fournette doesn't love football, so mm. he doesn't give his best best effort all the time. That's interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. Hmm. Um. So, but the Jaguars uh, gave away. Not gave away. They traded away their two best wide receivers, which oh. I'm sure Nick Foles wishes yeah. he had them back right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Nick Foles was always the stepchild in Philadelphia. They always wished Carson Wentz was healthy. I don't think they wished that as much this year as they did last year. Yeah. If they, if that I'm was, surprised that they traded him. I thought. Yeah, I, thought I feel like if that Wentz. was the case, then they would have traded Carson Wentz. Right. I thought they were innocent with him instead. Yeah. Uh, but moving on, uh, C.J. Mosley, inside linebacker from the Ravens, is now a Jet. The Jets are going to be sort of stacked. I won't say stacked. Going to be like sort of, maybe stacked. Um, probably still not going to compete with the Patriots for the AFC East. Um, but they might come in second. <laughs> um, Landon Collins, giant safety, is now a redskin. Golden Tate is taking Odell Beckham Jr.'s place. That's interesting. Yep. Who was he, he with? He was with the Eagles. Um, he was only with the Eagles for like half the season, though. And this new one's a one-year. Is it a one-year? No, he's uh, four years. Oh. Four years, $37.5 million. And he did a little... Instagram, Twitter, I don't know which one. It was on social media. But he did a Jerry Maguire Show Me the Money video. He reenacted it. But anyway. Never seen that movie? I haven't either, honestly. It came out kind of before I was old enough to appreciate it, and I just never went back and watched Hmm. it. So uh, Latavius Murray, Vikings running back, signed with the Saints, which kind of – perked everybody's ears and said, hmm, I wonder if that means Mark Ingram is out the door. And then literally a few hours later, Mark Ingram signed with the Ravens. Oh. So. How come? I I don't know. Probably because Alex Collins got cut. (laughs) Oh, he got cut? Yeah. After that? After his whole drug guns thing. Just because of that? Yeah. Dang. Well, we don't play that. That sucks for him. Yeah. So the Chiefs were stacking their team. Uh, they signed Tyron Matthew, the Honey Badger. But then you don't know who that is. <laughs> I feel like I probably heard about that, but I don't remember what that is. So he was on the Texans squad last year, and then before that, he was an Arizona Cardinal. And what the Honey Badger thing? What is That's that? just what he went by at LSU. He called himself that? I don't know if it was a self-given nickname or... (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> but anyway, he was nicknamed the Honey and Badger. What, what position does he play? He's a, a defensive back. Okay. So his his story is interesting. He was kind of a troublemaker at LSU. He got popped for weed a couple times, ended up getting kicked off the team. Um, but then he was going to go to a smaller school called McNeese State. Um, I don't think – like he enrolled there, but I don't think he ever like played football there. I think he ended up leaving there, but he still got drafted by the Cardinals. Um, but he's been, I think he got in trouble a couple times in the NFL, but he, I think he finally cleaned his act up and he's been doing well. But anyway, the Chiefs um, were stacking their team, but then um, Tyree Kill got in trouble. And now. Um, Oh, gosh, another receiver, um, Conley. Oh, gosh, what's his first name? Anyway, um, but he got traded to – who did he get traded to? I don't remember. I don't have it on my I notes. wish I could help you out. Well, anyway, <laughs> um, so anyway, Hill and Conley, uh, two dynamic receivers, are both gone from the Chiefs. Well, I'm sure Hill will be gone, but he's not right now. Um, so all of uh, Patrick Mahomes' weapons are suddenly diminishing, but mm. they'll be better on defense, which was a big old problem last year. So, But anyway, uh, Falcons running back Tevin Coleman is a 49er. 49ers seem to be stacking, too. So. What was – oh, I guess I should um, – how'd they do last year? 49ers, they were bad. I don't, I'm not sure what they, they had. They had Garoppolo. Yep. They've had Jimmy G for a couple years now. And a couple more before we move on. Colts wide receiver Dante Moncrief is a stealer trying to take Antonio Brown's spot or give Juju Smith-Schuster, you know, a running mate. Um, and HaHa Clinton Dix, Redskins safety, is now a bear. Oh, also... Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's a dolphin. He's taking Tannehill's spot? Yes. Wasn't he not very good? He's always not very good. <laughs> he's played for just Who did he play for last time, the Jets? Well, he was a Jet, but last year he was the Buccaneer. He was a, uh, oh, okay. Yeah, and they kind of flip-flop between him and Jameis. Okay. Famous Jameis. Oh, the rapist. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, exactly. <laughs> Never going to be a Jameis fan. No. Never, ever, 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 oh, ever, yeah. ever. Yeah. So I, I kind of, I mean, I can respect, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's not a great quarterback. I was, I'm always happy when someone gets another chance, you know. Because yeah. you know it doesn't feel good to go places and just suck. So here's. You're just waiting here's, to prove yourself. So maybe this is when he can do that. I have two reasons why I can respect Ryan Fitzpatrick. First, well, maybe three. First of all, he went to like Harvard, something. Oh like wow! That. So he was a quarterback at Harvard. I, I think it was Harvard. I think I know it was like. <laughs> maybe a, we should look. No, pretty sure it was Harvard. Let me see. Um, then he got drafted by the Rams, and if you listened before, um, I'm all things St. Louis, so I was a Rams fan before they moved to L.A. So, and when he got drafted. Um, it was, yeah, it was Harvard. All right. So, wow. 
uh, his first season in St. Louis before, I mean, he was like a super duper late round pick. Maybe he was even undrafted, but seventh round. Yeah. So, uh, you know, they don't make a lot of money. So his first season with the Rams, um, he proposed to his girlfriend and at a McDonald's in St. Louis because they didn't have any money. <laughs> so, Why McDonald's? I guess because that's what they had oh to eat. Gosh. Maybe they love McDonald's. Maybe though. they just love it. Maybe I mean, they're in a ball like pit. McDonald's. But anyway, but now he's just like a journeyman quarterback and he's just racking up millions of dollars. He signed a two year, $11 million contract. That's just to awesome. just to be, you know, the guy everybody talks about and kind of makes fun of. But he's padding that bank account just yeah. to be that guy, and I can respect and that. And he gets to keep playing. Yeah, he's just gonna keep doing it. And I now I gotta that. Google what his wife looks like. <laughs> well, you do that, and we'll move on <laughs> to the next story. Our fourth major topic of the day, or of the week, rather. Um, there are new rules in the Major League Baseball. Um, so there are some rules that go into effect this year, some rules that go into effect next year. Um, so there has been some talks, some rumors that they're going to move the pitcher's mound back two feet towards second base. Um, they're not going to do it. Um, not going to do it yet. What? Yet? I mean, I don't know if they will or not, but well, I hope they do. it's I hope not they going don't. into effect. That's, that's a terrible let's say idea. that. It's not going into effect Good. as of right now. Okay. And I think it's dumb anyway, so it's we're not even going to talk about it. It's okay. a terrible well, it's idea. <laughs> Just for pitcher's sake, it's a terrible idea. Um, but here are the rules that are going into effect in 2019, this year. So the MLB trade deadline um, will remain July 31st, and that is the only deadline. That is a hard deadline. There's no other trades that can happen after July 31st. No waiver trades after that date will be allowed. So um, if you look back in the past, there have been some high-impact waiver deals um, You know, pr- prior to July 31st going into August and September even. Um, so uh, in 2017... You know, right before the Astros won their World Series, uh, Justin Verlander went from the Tigers to the Astros, um, and Verlander went nine and one um, in eleven games, ten starts with Houston, and they won the World Series, and he was a big part of that. What's the advantage of those? I mean, I don't understand that those trades anyway. So like. Teams just plan to like, okay, we'll do this and then we'll trade or get this person late in the season to do exactly what they did like with Verlander. So Yeah, and I'm not to be honest, I'm not an expert on, you know, waiver trades and how those work. So but they're no longer (laughs) (laughs) can't do it anymore. (laughs) Um in two thousand twelve the Dodgers acquired Adrian Gonzalez, Josh Beckett, and Carl Crawford from the Red Sox. Um this is all uh, after July 31st, after the trade deadline, and after and through a, a waiver trade. Um, in 2008, the Blue Jays acquired Jose Bautista from the Pirates, and now Bautista is second all-time among Blue Jays position, position players 
with a career war of 37.0, which, I mean, just imagine if... You a career what? War. What's that? Wins above replacement. Oh. Basically, in a, you know, for his career, they've given him... Uh, they've he's given the Blue Jays thirty seven more wins. Hmm. So, but just imagine all of these players that have that were acquired after July thirty first through the waiver trade. If that were if that was not allowed, I mean, would the Astros have won the World Series without yeah, Justin Verlander? Yeah, that's Berlander? pretty crazy thought. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And the last one in nineteen ninety. Uh, here's a big one. The Red Sox sent Jeff Bagwell to the Astros for a reliever. Bagwell spent his entire 15-year career with the Astros and became a Hall of Famer. That's cool. So if not for the waiver waiver wire, I guess, as you could call it in fantasy football or fantasy baseball or whatever, um, Bagwell could have been a Red Sox his entire career. Or they just get him before the trade deadline. Yeah. But so that's the only one going into effect this year um, is there's a hard deadline on the trade deadline, which is July 31st. Uh, the rules going into effect for 2020, which is next year, is the roster expansion, which usually goes into effect in September. Um, whenever you get some of the minor leaguers that come up after the minor league season ends, Usually when there's a late playoff push or into the playoffs when you can add players to your roster. Um, so beginning in 2020, rosters in September will be limited for to up to 40 players. Um, so this could have a big impact on who gets called up in September. So if you look back on history, so there's going back to that. Um, the rosters in September will be limited to 28 maximum players instead of up to 40. I misread that. Um, right now it's up to 40 players, but next year rosters in September will be limited to a maximum of 28 players. Yeah, so. that'll be interesting. Cause you know, they'll bring up like, well, <laughs> Because we watch the naturals and stuff, but like, um, you know, that teeny tiny guy that was on the naturals yeah. that they always pull up to go run. Yeah. What's his name? Gore. Yeah. Like people like name. that, they're not going to be able to waste a full roster yeah. position I mean, on someone like that. He was with the Cubs like last year. Yeah. Yeah. But they're going to have to, yeah, that's interesting. And looking back on history, David Price was a September call up for the, the Rays in 2008. And he recorded uh, the save in Game 7 of the AL Championship Series, AOCS, and won the pennant for the Rays. So just imagine he might not have been able to get called up. Um, the next rule going in, into effect next year, um, pitchers have to face a minimum of three batters. I kind of like this rule. But then it said, or the end of a half inning. Like, so they could still come in and see one batter and go through the half inning. And yeah. But done, it, right? it's, it's the plan is to make the game shorter and to take out that time of. So that. like these little strategic switches where it's like, Oh, right handers up. Let me bring in such and such yeah, for let, a batter. Let me bring in a lefty to face this, this righty. Yeah. 
But, I think it's a good idea. I mean, yeah, I'm sure but, that uh, people who don't think it's a good idea, but it kind of makes you makes you have to establish your talent or talent's not the word I'm looking for. Uh, prove your performance. Worth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> you've got to prove thing... it through at least three batters. You know, but yeah. you can't just come in there and hose it in at 9900 right, yeah. and then three straight 99. Yeah, yeah, and then get pulled. Yeah, but the whole thing is to shorten games and not have this commercial break and then however many, I think, eight warm-up pitches and then just, just lengthen the game every time a new pitcher comes in. So uh, starting in 2020, uh, starting pitchers and relief pitchers must pitch to either a minimum of three batters or to end a half inning, uh, with the exception, of course, injury or illness. Um, so... For a sense of impact on this rule, um, there were 2,303 outings uh, in 2018 where pitchers faced fewer than three batters. That's a lot. That is a lot. Um, That's uh, almost one per game. Uh, The 11 pitchers with the shortest outings, or the most short outings, rather, uh, they were all lefties. So that's bring, like you were talking about strategically. Let me bring in this right. this pitcher just to face this batter. Um, so uh, that's I think that's a great. I think that's good. Just yeah, I think I don't think it's a bad one. I think it's going to make it a little more interesting. Yeah. Um, next one and final rule going into effect next year. Uh, no position player uh, can pitch outside of extra innings or a score margin score margin of seven plus runs. So basically you can't bring in, you know, a third baseman or whoever to pitch unless, unless it's those, unless two you're in extra innings or there's down a, by more than seven or more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I remember, I guess I didn't pay that much attention. I remember hearing a few times when that happened. Yeah. Last year. Mm-hmm. So, yep. So the last year, the MLB set a record for the most position players that pitched um, in the expansion area and era. Um, Forty-nine position players took the mound last year, um, which that that forty-nine also includes uh, Shohei Otani, who plays for the Angels. He's a starter as well as a hitter. Um, he he made ten starts as a pitcher, as well as uh, he played in 104 games as a hitter. Um, so those are the those are the rules going into effect this year, as well as next year. Hopefully, they don't do something dumb and outrageous as moving the mound back. Um, I know we said we weren't going to talk about it, but hopefully they don't do it because I think it's a terrible idea for pitchers because you already got you know, an epidemic of Tommy John surgery. And I think it's just, there's just nothing. It's just, it's not looking out for the best interest of the player. Right. I mean, it really isn't. And right. like the excuse that the game's gotten too fast or whatever. Well, I mean, that's just how it gets. I mean, yeah. look at, look at any sport. They do more training. People are bigger, faster. Yeah. I mean, they've... I mean it doesn't mean it's any more boring. I feel like that rule is one that's like catering to the people who say baseball's boring because they don't understand the, the science rules. That, yeah. I mean, 
intricacies of baseball. I think they should look at college baseball if they want to if they want to adjust the gameplay like that because in the college world series they did things like they've adjusted the 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 texture i guess how how high the laces were raised in the baseball for for how fast the ball comes off the bat um they've adjusted the types of bats that were used in the college world series you know, for a spike in home runs or yeah. lowering home runs. So they've adjusted mound height. They've adjusted all kinds of stuff in college baseball. Hmm. So I, I think. I don't ever think it should be moved back, though. That's oh, just no, going to hurt terrible. people's arms. Yeah. I mean, that's going to raise injury percentages, mm-hmm. you know, just skyrocket. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, those are the top stories of the week. So moving on to the weekly pickums. So to recap last week's pickums, here are the results. Do you know the results yet? Nope, I forgot what we picked. <laughs> so we picked uh, Warriors Rockets game. Oh yeah, I from okay. Wednesday, I believe. The Warriors won, right? The Warriors did win, one hundred six to one hundred four. It's a close game. Um, so you won that matchup because I picked the Rockets, you picked the Warriors, um, and then we picked. A baseball series, Vanderbilt at Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. So Friday, Vanderbilt won seven to four. Saturday, A&M won eight to seven. And today would have been the rubber match. So, oh, let's let's talk about who picked who. I picked Vanderbilt two to two to one. You picked. Texas A&M 2 to 1. Mm-hmm. So between Friday and Saturday they were tied. Today A&M won 7 and nothing blanked them. So you swept Dang. me. You seven swept to nothing. me. You swept <laughs> me. That gut feeling us ladies got to trust it. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> something, yeah. Something Except like that. a lot of times it's wrong too. <laughs> the intuition. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this week we're just doing three uh, bracket games, three March Madness NCAA tournament games. Um, so we're going to do uh, a five, two 5 12 matchups and a 7 10 matchup. Because I feel like those are the ones that could go either way. Um, so we're going to do number five, Mississippi State versus number 12, Liberty. Five seed versus 12 seed. I'm going to kind of copy what you said and say Liberty. Well, that's what I'm going to say. <laughs> so, so we'll just pick the same one. <laughs> we're, both, we're both picking Liberty in the upset. Uh, Liberty over Mississippi State. And then we've got uh, seven seed, Nevada. Versus ten seed Florida. Which got Florida was like our the one that Arkansas just struggled with. Right? Florida is Arkansas's like... kryptonite. Florida has beaten know. Arkansas nine out of the last ten times. I think my gut's confusing me on that one. But Nevada has been a top ten team most of the year. And I feel they like won Florida's going to do it. You think Florida? Okay. Uh, I mean, I'm also inclined to say Florida. I'll say Nevada just because. 
So we have someone that's That's different. what I was going to say. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, I'll take Florida. Okay, I'll take Nevada. No, Nevada, as you weirdos say it over here in Nevada. Arkansas. No, it's just South Arkansas. It's Nevada County. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so, last one. Five seed Auburn versus 12 seed New Mexico State. New Mexico State. I got to go with them. Of course you do. So, if you follow your heart. So, <laughs> this one, I'm following my heart, not my gut. <laughs> you got to follow your head. <laughs> New Mexico State all the way. So, just just to give you guys some insight, Melanie is from New Mexico. She, what, one semester at New Mexico oh, State? A whole year. A whole year at New Mexico State. And then she transferred to UNM. the University of New Mexico. Which and, they're rivals, but And graduated still. from the University New of New Mexico. New Mexico State holds a happy place in a my heart. A small place in her heart. <laughs> but the University of New Mexico holds a giant place in her heart. <laughs> so she is all things New Mexico. All things. So, <laughs> All of it. <laughs> All of it. Zio life. <laughs> um, <laughs> so anyway, she picks New Mexico over Auburn. I New Mexico State yes. rather, not New Mexico, not the Lobos. But they're the not. No, nope, they're not this year. <laughs> um, this year. I I'm going to take Auburn just because of if they carry over what they did in the SEC tournament. There, if they stay hot. Then they can hang with just about anybody. So yeah, I'm sure it'll be. Yeah, that'll be interesting. So, but that's it. Uh, so I got. We both have Mississippi State. I've got Florida. You've got Nevada, and then I've got Auburn. You've got Mississippi State. So, duking it out. We shall see. We've still got to come up with a wager. Oh, I thought of one, and now I oh, can't remember it. what it was. Oh, um, can you think of it real quick, like in the next fifteen seconds? Give me, yeah, give me fifteen seconds. Uh, what was it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, I had it. It was really good. You I don't got five oh, seconds. Okay. I'll think of it later. Okay. I don't remember. It was good though. All right. Well, we've got the think of it for the rest of the show, and maybe that can be your walk-off thought. <laughs> Okay. All right. It is two-minute warning time. This is the part of the show when we set a timer for two minutes, and we try to cover as many smaller stories as we can within the two minutes, and we probably go to four minutes. <laughs> so We should start timing how much we go over and see if we can improve it. Oh, yeah. That's good. Because yeah. I don't remember how much we went over last week. Yeah. Or maybe we just don't do as many stories. Well, uh, that too. <laughs> that, that would only make sense. That would be easy. Yeah. But anyway. Here we go. Starting the timer now. So Johnny Manziel has signed with the Alliance of American Football. Um, So he got kicked out of the Canadian Football League, uh, was released by the Montreal Alouettes uh, for violating an agreement that made him eligible to play uh, or ineligible. Uh, So he has been claimed by the Memphis Express in the AAF. He would have been sent to San Antonio because he played at Texas A&M, but the team released his rights, which I find interesting because apparently they didn't want him because they could have claimed him, but whatever. Uh, The Memphis Express have a 1-5 record, so they're pretty terrible. Um, They're struggling to find a quarterback. 
because they benched Christian Hackenberg for Zach Mettenberger, um, and he got injured. So does Johnny Manziel redeem himself? I want to say yes, but he's had a lot of chances. I mean, the guy's just troubled. He is, it's he is sad, troubled. but I just, <clears throat> I don't know. I feel like if he couldn't take an NFL opportunity seriously, he'll have a hard time taking this new seriously. league seriously. So I'm yeah. going to say. All right, moving no. on. Uh, so uh, Bryce Harper took a fastball to the ankle on Friday. Um, and the city of Philadelphia took a collective breath and held it for a really long time. Um, so he left the game to get x-rayed and then he left the, uh, ballpark, um, the facility to get it further evaluated and turns out it's just a bone bruise. Um, he's day to day, but the Phillies manager says, uh, he should be ready for opening day, and he's just going to take it easy. And he, I think he DH'd. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Wow. <laughs> so, anyway, he DH'd today, a.k.a. Sunday. And with a little rest, he'll be back to doing Bryce Harper things in no time. Um, next, Rory McIlroy won the Players' Championship over Woo-hoo. the weekend. So, that's one of my favorite golfers, him and Phil Mickelson. Phyllis. <laughs> so he finished two under today to finish 16 under for the tournament and uh, finished with a one-shot victory over um, Jim Furyk. Um, so um, this is his first tour win in over a year. Um, he's kind of been a little bit struggling a little bit in a little bit of a slump, so to speak. Um, but here lately he's really turned it on. Um, he's finished in the top six in his last five starts. Um, this is his 15th, uh, PGA tour victory. And, uh, I think he's playing. His- I hate to say it, but do you think he can carry it to the masters or do you think, like, do you think this gave him, confidence for that or do you feel like it's in some weird way going to like add pressure to him well he's always going to have pressure for the (laughs) masters because that's the only major that he hasn't won and that's the one he lacks for his career grand slam so there's always going to be that pressure that this is the one that i don't have this is my golden goose i guess (laughs) so there's always that pressure for the masters but he's playing his best golf in years right now like you know top six in his last five starts and he finally finally got over the hump and won one and for the first time in over a year so i think he can carry the momentum to the masters it's only it's less than a month away or maybe a little more than a month it's less than two months away for sure. It's less than a month. Let's say okay. 11th and 12th or something like that. There you that. go. You know it more than I do. So it's less than a month away. And I think, I mean, I'm I'm picking him right now to win the Masters. He's going to complete the career Grand Slam. You heard it here first. <laughs> that would be amazing. It would be. Um, so I know we're way over by a lot. But my, our final topic that I really want to get to on our two-minute drill is so there's a list of top 10 
most famous athletes in the world. And I'm just going to name them real quick. Number 10, Tiger Woods. Number 9, Steph Curry. Number 8, Rafael Nadal. Uh, number 7, Virat Kohli, uh, who is an Indian cricket player. Number 6, Roger Federer. Number 5, Conor McGregor. Number 4, Neymar. Number 3, Lionel Messi. Number 2, LeBron James. Number 1, Cristiano Ronaldo. This was worldwide? Worldwide. Most famous athletes in the world for 2019. Um, here's what I found interesting. First of all, no women in the top 10. Second, you have two tennis players, Nadal and Federer. Is Serena Williams not more famous than those two? Well, I mean, they're huge tennis names. So is she. She's got commercials all over the place, and she's won recently more titles than they have, I think. Yeah, that is interesting because she is a huge name. Yeah. Also, I found interesting that uh, Conor McGregor was, what, number four? Or number five? So Fight club. But yeah, that is interesting too. Yeah. But anyway, um, some shocking. Also, Cristiano Ronaldo. I didn't realize he was. Soccer's huge. It, soccer like, is huge. Like you're not living in the United States. <laughs> yeah. Soccer's huge. Yeah. And a cricket player. Cricket player over, like somebody, like I think he was what number seven maybe. And he, like, I'm sure no one in the U.S., maybe 1% of the U.S. population knows who he is. And he is the number seven, I think. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Ranked most popular, most famous athlete in the world. I think that's interesting. But that's the two-minute drill. We're currently way, way over. <laughs> Sorry, folks. <laughs> All right, so we always end the show with our final thoughts. Um, which we call our walk-off thoughts. So my walk-off thought is more of an idea, um, an idea I have that might make sports a little more interesting. Um, so I was looking at the at the the list of the top ten most famous athletes in the world, and then I thought about well, golf has the rankings for. Uh, you know, the best golfers in the world. And, you know, Dustin Johnson is the number one golfer in the world. And I think Rory McIlroy is number six. And, you know, it just goes down the list. But what if they did that for every sport? Like what if, you know, in the NBA, you just had, you know, the the list from one to, you know, in however many they want to go to, top 50, top 100, whatever just based on stats and they updated it, you know, every so often, once a week, maybe, um, every Sunday, every Monday, whatever. And it just constantly updated and it was just based on, you know, however many points, however many collective stats they put up each game. And they did that for every sport for each position player. I think that would be interesting. Um, I think you would be surprised at the results. Um, I think you would also find that sometimes the biggest star 
in the sport isn't necessarily the best in the sport, the best player in the sport. Right. Like, for example, uh, LeBron James is clearly the biggest star in the NBA, but I don't think he's the best player in the NBA right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Is he in the top ten? Maybe. Probably. Is he in the top five? Probably not. Um, Same thing with the NFL. Um, Is Antonio Brown the best receiver in the NFL? A lot of people think so. Um, Is Odell Beckham Jr. the best receiver in the NFL? A lot of people think so. But there would be a clearly defined list just based upon, you know, stats from game to game. Just constant, like a live list that constantly updates. And I think you would find, um, come contract time, it would probably save teams a lot of money that they didn't have to spend on a player. Like, say, uh, uh, Bryce Harper, for instance, his recent 13-year, $330 million contract um, possibly could have saved the Phillies a lot of money if they just had a list that said, well, you're actually not, you know, the best player in the world right now. You're actually number you know, six or eight or whatever, four. So you don't quite deserve this much money. Same with Manny Machado. But I just think that would be interesting. It'd be fun to follow. Be a lot of debate there. Yeah, that would be interesting. Kind of give it more of an objective type feel. But anyway, what's your walk-off thought? Uh, my walk-off is the cheating scandal with the bribery and all that mm. stuff with the colleges. Um, yeah. <clears throat> just one of those things like, you know, the things you do are going to come to light. You can't get away with things like that forever. And I find it like, I think the funniest part about it was that Lori Laughlin's daughter, supposedly, according to a report, um, when she found out about the breaking of, you know, the news she was with a member of the board of trustees family from for U- USC for USC. Like that is just, I mean, obviously the way that they're kind of reacting to it is kind of funny. I feel like, like they just are saying that they're living this terrible nightmare <laughs> and it's not this terrible nightmare that someone just did to you. You know what I mean? Like you made a decision to cheat, to get in and lie and use bribes and did you not think it might come out? I mean, it's just to say you're living a terrible nightmare. Well, you're living the terrible nightmare, which is the consequences of your actions. They're it's totally not, playing the victim right now. I mean, it's not a victim thing. And then I was just really surprised that uh, uh, William H. Macy and Felicity Huffman were involved because I've always looked at them like they seem like really respectable people mm-hmm. and the fudging of an SAT score is just silly. Right. I mean, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Elitist, you know? man. I mean, I just don't get it. Just really? Like, <laughs> anyway, that was just really surprising. Just, you know, using your power for to cheat instead of just do things the right way. But people have different value systems, I guess. But. Anyway, that was just very surprising. Kind of sad to see that everything gets stripped away from them. You know, she loses all, Lori Laughlin loses all her Hallmark stuff. And yeah, but the kids don't seem to have a whole lot of 
real life experience. Cause from what I was reading up on one of her daughters, she seemed pretty entitled, but hmm. so her losing her stuff isn't, you know, Oh, well, but anyway, that was a lot of rambling about that, but <laughs> just crazy. It's crazy. It is. Welcome to the real world. <laughs> real, the real, real world. But anyway, that's the show. This has been Sports and Spouses. Uh, be sure to uh, subscribe, smash that subscribe button. Um, <laughs> we're on Apple Podcast. We're on Google, Google Podcast, Google Play, whatever it is. Um, <laughs> the, the Castbox app that I use that Billy's never heard of before. We're on. That. Yeah, we're on that. <laughs> we're on Stitcher. We're on Spotify. We're on it all. So. Uh, probably not at all, but we're, <laughs> we're on a lot of them. So, um, but anyway, follow us on social media, Twitter and Insta- Instagram. Uh, shoot us a tweet about what we're talking about. Let us know what you think. Um, we like healthy, friendly discussions, not angry arguments. So, so we'll chat with you. Um, and also, please tell your friends about us. Help us grow. Thank you for listening. Yep. See you next week. Bye.